and we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Up in Flames. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy, VP of the Off the Ball Network. I have an amazing show lined up for you. Y'all saw my guy last week. You get him again this week. We're going to talk a lot more college football. A lot of things been going on. He's been dropping his power rankings. Some people who are fans of my show have a problem with his power rankings, so I'm going to give him the platform here to explain his his thought process so y'all can hear it because I'm tired of the complaints coming my way and I understand where he's coming from. So we are going to get this nipped in the bud tonight. And plus, we have to talk about Grady, Brady and Gronk coming back to New England. That's the biggest story of the week in sports. And there's some big matchups that could shake up the whole college football world, including Jeff's playoff rankings this week. And so there's some big weeks, and obviously we'll close out with you guys talking a little bit about Ohio State. But before that, we'll bring to you the Up in Flames introduction. Warning. You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in Flames, yeah. We up in Flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. We up in flames, we up in flames, we up in flames, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 we up in flames, yeah, yeah, uh, we up in flames, hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, Woo. we up in, yeah, we up in flames, we up in flames. And we are here. Shout out to our guy, JP, a.k.a. The Franchise. You know, gave me an introduction that just gets me going prior to doing these live shows. But what better than to get going with a guy who I know is going to probably make me look bad and bring a lot more energy to me. And that's my guy, Jeff Hunt, a.k.a. Professor J, a.k.a. Uncle J, a.k.a. Jeff Needs Help. He has the power rankers, the playoff rankers, which we're going to get into, and everything else that you guys love. The Buckeye remix and hate his power rankings. Y'all give him a bunch of crap. I just had an argument with the same type of mentality that he has. Jeff, what's going on, bro? Man, I, I tell you what, man, I'm pumped to be here. I kind of I kind of love this this point of the NFL week. It's like we've had just enough time to digest everything that happened the last weekend. And we're with a Thursday night game, especially now we're ready to start, you know, into the next week. And we're trying to figure out what we know, what we don't know. I this is the crescendo, you know, the, the emotions are the most, the most level between the weeks. And I think you, I think you honestly get the best debates. I was just on with Stuart Brooking like, uh, you know, a couple hours ago and we had some, some really good conversations about quarterbacks, about my college football rankings and all this. And, uh, I, I think this is the perfect time to be on the show and try to try to hash these things out, man. Yeah. 100%. So before we start anything, make sure you go to my bookie, our good old friends over there at MyBookie at MyBookie.ag using promo code off the ball. They match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. So if you want to deposit $1,000 into your account and start betting, they will give you an extra 500 Who doesn't love free money to gamble and win even more money? What a perfect thing. And also make sure you go check out our guys at Play Pickup. All you got to do to sign up is use your phone number, vote for polls, eat more free stuff. Like always, free Fanatics gift cards, free four-way volleyball net. Like I said last week, still don't know what that is. Probably have to try <laughs> it. Probably yeah, collect it one time. The, 
the widest sport in the, the yeah, world. Like, I've never net volleyball, and I'm in. I'm in. I've never I've never done that one, so I might have to use that as one of my prizes for all the alcohol drinkers. Free shot glasses after 150 points. That's one day of college football. A free shot glass. So if you did these on PlayPickup.com for one Saturday a week, you get a new shot glass for your favorite teams, your mom's favorite team, your aunt's favorite team, your dad's favorite team. Everybody can have their favorite team shot glass if you do this for every Saturday from here till January. So make sure you go check out our guys at Play Pickup. And with that being said, to key in on something Jeff said, he talked about this is where the NFL season is getting good. This is where college football is getting good. But what better than to come into a week four with the most historic, (laughs) iconic return probably ever in sports. Everybody is talking about this. This is the thing to talk about all week. So I wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about it. I'm excited. I can't wait. This is a matchup I just want to see. I just want to see what the emotion is going to be like. Does Tom Brady? I'm sure there's prop bets whether Tom Brady sheds a tear or not. What's the over-under? How long does it take when he gets his little halftime video or, or pregame tribute? Like, Jeff, this has all the storylines that you need in one game. One game. Like, this is all the storylines you need in a week. In one game, and obviously it's Brady and Gronk, but this is all about Tom Brady. This is all about the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest player in franchise history, the golden guy, the golden boy of Foxborough, almost like America's hero in a sense in Tom Brady. And he's returning back home after 20 of the most dominant years we've probably ever seen in sports. Uh, One of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen when we talk about championships and playoffs and Super Bowl appearances and he's done it all we're talking about he's had a Kobe type career with his with the first half and the second half both are Hall of Fame careers we talk about that with Kobe Bryant and his careers so with championships and accolades and everything so what is to you what is this Brady and Gronk and I'm gonna keep throwing in Gronk because he's getting forgotten about in the return to New England as if he's not one of the greatest tight ends of all time one of the greatest you know pass catchers they've ever had Tom Brady has ever had but what do you think about this return and how big is it that Brady and Gronk are returning to Foxborough? Yeah, yeah, man. You you said it best. This is probably one of the most overlooked games that we've had on a schedule in a long, long time. Here's what makes this game unique. We've had a lot of times to where a player um, you know, was an historic player for a team, Hall of Fame player for a team, Ring of Honor player for the team. And then they got to the end of their career or something went south and they left. And then they come back and the fans are like, hey, you know, thanks for everything, dude. Uh, we're happy for you. You know, we've moved on and all this. Here's what's different. This is the greatest player on any team ever. And I include Jordan. I include everybody. This is the greatest team that's ever played. Maybe Bill Russell. Maybe Bill Russell as far as like what he did for a franchise. The difference is he's he's statistically he's better now than he ever was for that team. So here's the difference. This is a combination of Jordan playing for the Wizards and LeBron playing for the Heat because if Brady's in New England, they're still probably – they're definitely a playoff team, possibly the best team in their division. So New England's also – like that's been overlooked through this whole thing is that Tom Brady left them. I think I think New England assumed that he would fall off a little. He's 44 years old. That's understandable. He goes and wins the Super Bowl. You know They're trying to figure out what the next step is. He comes back in. He's, he's had the best start to his season – 
maybe ever, maybe since the 07 season. So it's this conflicting thing of like, thanks a lot, man. But then you're like, man, if you were still here, we could make another run at it. it. You know what I'm saying? So this is the most, I've never in my lifetime witnessed anything like this. We've had, you know, Reggie White when he left the Eagles. Now imagine Reggie White if he had won seven Super Bowls when he left the Eagles. Yeah. That's what we would be talking about here. So we're talking about the greatest player ever in a sport, which automatically is the greatest player ever for a franchise, <laughs> left, and he comes back, and his team is also one of the best teams in the league. So you're talking about a passionate fan base that doesn't want to lose the game either. So this isn't going to be a, we don't care what happens, Tom. Thanks for the memories. We've moved on. We're worried about draft picks now. This is a, it's good to see you, but when they lose, they're they're also going to have to decide how angry they're going to be. Because I think when he went to Tampa Bay, New England fans were like, they're not on the schedule next year. We're not worried about playing them next year. We can be happy for Tam, as they call him. And then now all of a sudden it's in their face. And let me tell you, Tom Brady is not the kind of guy to, to not notice this. He is going to come in with a vengeance. If he, if he has the chance to put an extra touchdown on the board, he's going to do it. I do not think that he left New England on as good a circumstance as that that we're told. I think he's angry. I think that things didn't go his way. I don't think the parting was was um, as pleasant as everybody wants us to think. So I think this is one of the this is literally one of the most unique sporting events in sports history. Yeah, and I what I, I can't wait to see what it's like. Like I know there's gonna be a a, a moment at the very least of like thank you tom like there's gonna be a, a a video or something you know that gets shown that gets everybody like hey we love and, and i think it'll be a trip down memory lane but you know I, I've, I've listened to talk shows and stuff and they talked about it on the pat mcafee show but they brought up like the the homecoming for vinatieri where like he came running out it was hey ah. then during the during the game it was booze but like We've never seen a guy come back on this stature. Like, I understand, like, Jordan had played back in Chicago, but, like, he was done. Was like, different. Tom Brady's coming off of he left New England and won a Super Bowl. He left. So, to, like you said, like, to think that they couldn't be competing for winning the division against still at least dominating the division, running into more rivalries with Patrick Mahomes, like, to think – that with Tom Brady, there couldn't still be a Mahomes versus Brady. That's who you have to go through to get out of the AFC and ultimately win a Super Bowl. As a fan, I would imagine that you are a little angry, but we don't we don't know. Like I think we're about to find out. We're, we're starting to hear interviews from fans, people walking down the street. Like this is the biggest, like you said, this is one of the biggest events, and we're gonna win this history. And here's another aspect that's not getting talked about, real quick. And then I, Tom Brady is about to break the all-time passing yards record. Against kids. New England on his trip back home on your turf, really his turf, but on your turf, he is about to become a part of history. He is about to lead the whole entire NFL in uh, career passing yards. Yards. That yes. is a monumental, you know, that is a monumental I mean, in your career. That record has stood for what, three weeks? <laughs> Did, yeah, because what was it? Yeah, Bree, Breeze, Breeze broke it last year. Like, yeah, Breeze broke it, and then yeah, but, but, but Tom Brady, still, they were going tick for deal. tack, and we knew if Brady was going to keep playing, we knew this yeah. time was coming. But I mean, 
what better to come for Brady than against New England? Like that pass, it's probably going to be, you know, we saw when LeBron passed Kobe recently in the all-time scoring against Philly. If I'm not mistaken, it was against Philly. But we saw like that bucket, like, hey, it was a stop and pause in the game. Like it was a stop and pause. He he's he's done something historic. He passed and Kobe they, Bryant. They've already said they have already said that they will pause and uh, and acknowledge it. I have heard. So that. so you know that's going to happen. Is everybody standing up and cheering? Is everybody standing up and booing? Like, is this a hostile environment? Is this the most loving environment for a return of a player we've ever seen? I don't know. Like it because Patriots fans have been known to be tough fans. For yes, a very exactly. long time, that whole era, Boston Celtics, Boston Bruins, like the, the Red Sox, that whole area, Massachusetts, like they're called mass holes. Like they're, that's what they are. They they're, they love yep. their teams. And so are they going to continue and be this hostile environment when literally the closest thing to Jesus, you know, Jesus in cleats is returning back home upon them to, to play a game? Like, like what are we going to get? Let's look at, I, I want, I got, I got two aspects of this and I've got a great question and you are literally the most perfect person that I could ask. So first of all, what we're not looking about this is somebody's going to lose this game. Belichick or Brady's going to lose this game. Are the fans going to turn on Belichick? If he gets, if he gets blown out in this game, are they going to be like, it was Tom all along. You're a fraud, blah, blah, blah. If Belichick went like, on, like they have to side. Like we we can't forget that the greatest coach in NFL history slash the by leaps and bounds the greatest coach for the Patriots history is still on the sideline coaching. Like it's right. it is it is Lambeau versus Favre. Like imagine if that happened. Like or not Lambeau. I'm sorry, uh, Lombardi versus Favre. Like that that didn't happen. But like imagine if something like that happened. Like these fans have to pick and choose. They're a passionate fan base. They're an insane fan base. They're an annoying fan base. To their credit, um, I really don't know like which way they're going to go. If Tom blows them out, are they turning on Belichick? If if Belichick wins, are they like they have to be happy? Because I will tell you right now that Patriots fans will not be upset with a victory. So there's so many facets. Have they already moved on? And then another thing is like, I don't know, like we, we took our six championships and we feel pretty good about it. We, we would rather win the game, just straight up win the game because our division is, doesn't appear to be as tough as we thought it was. Like there's all these factors that go into it. Like these are real sports fans. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not Cubs fans like me who are, who I'm like, as long as we win one in another 10 years, I'm cool. Like these, these fans in New England want to move on. They want to keep this going. They're used to championships on all sides of it. It it is it is a very unique event. I, I would say that it was probably this is this is a thing where you're going to have a fan base are going to have fans on either side of it, even though they're rooting for the same team. It's so weird. But what I want to ask you is the closest thing that we've had is how did you feel when Miami played LeBron in the championship two years ago? LeBron gave you two championships for the greatest seasons we've ever seen for the Miami Heat. But how did you feel? I bet you wanted to win. It's just my guess. For Mo Murphy, I bet you're like, thanks, LeBron, but I hope Miami sweep, sweeps you and we win another championship. Yeah, I, so I was, I was, I was torn. Same, I understand, but it's, yeah, well, I was torn between that, and the reason why is because like Dwayne Wade is my favorite player of all time. So like the same, like I love the Heat; they're my favorite team. But that same love, like a little bit of love left when Dwayne Wade retired. Like 
is just like guys who follow Jordan or guys who follow Kobe. Like you still, they're still passionate. Like the Lakers, they leave, Kobe leaves, they go through some distilled years and then boom, like here comes LeBron. So get, get happy again. But like, it was one of those for me, like my next favorite player was still in the league. And obviously and, like, I'm a guy who had, defends that he's the GOAT. And you had had five years to get over it. I do understand that. But and I had that, three championships that, like up the, to in my lifetime. It's the closest thing I can think of as far as a, a guy that can still play. That was also, a, is also a legend. Like I, I can't, yeah. even, I can't even. And it, and it was one of those, like, I think, and I think like, I think that's to, to your point. I think like, I don't even think that comes closer measures to, no, to Brady no. because like he's a year removed from being gone within that year of being gone. He wins a championship and we're talking about in week four. Year. Yeah. Like he leaves, he wins a Super Bowl. He brings a, a the most losing his franchise since their last Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl in a year. Like let's put that in perspective too. They get Tom Brady in the most, the losing his franchise since their last Super Bowl, which was in 2002 or three. 2002 or three, I can't remember. I was a kid. I remember Super I Bowl party. Two. Big, yeah. I think it was two against the Raiders. I remember. I remember everything, but just forget the year. Oh yeah, they, they, that, was the, that was the in between year. They won after Brady. Brady won in 01, and then that the they ran it back. Gruden went to Tampa Bay. The Raiders actually got a shot in the, in the Super Bowl and lost. Yeah, and, and, and ended up losing it. Yep, and that that was a. Uh, yeah, you know, that was like a crazy year. One of the greatest defenses we've ever seen with the Bucks. But, like, this is the most losing his franchise since then. Like, they're one of the most losing his franchises in football anyway. But since that, like, they've really had no success. I mean, I remember a season growing up in that area. I remember a season they go 10 and 6 and didn't make the playoffs. Like, which means it was a crazy year and a competitive year. But, like, that was the type of luck the Bucks had was when they were good. 10 and 6, you missed the playoffs. Josh Freeman was the quarterback. Like that's how you take it back. Like that, that's Shout that's how you take Josh it back. Freeman. Yeah, Kansas, like that's Kansas you know state wildcat. Yeah, who would have thought? But it's like you take that back. And so for all the bad years since their last Super Bowl, no real success, no playoff success. Uh, I don't even know if they had a playoff win. They went through multiple quarterbacks. This is the answer. That is the answer. Uh, you know, I, Jeff Garcia was the quarterback for the Bucks at one point. Like. Like there's so many Shout things that like, Jeff Garcia. Yeah, like there's so many like you know uh Gretkowski. I remember those Jeff Bucks Gar teams. I grew up. Jeff Garcia was what people think Ryan Fitzpatrick is. That's all. Yeah, and like I grew up I grew up in the Tampa area. So I remember all these teams. This was the local channel on cable. But like this is the franchise that in one season once in a crazy season with no offseason and COVID and a quarterback learning a new system, new plays, and new teammates wins a Super Bowl and beats the new face of the league against Patrick Mahomes, like the new baby goat, goat versus baby goat. We see it in Madden NFL 22. The cover and, is goat versus and baby goat on the same cover. New, like that's who new he England, did. And that's, New England has to watch Cam Newton stumble around. And miss the playoffs. So I think this is – to me, like it's like you could spend hours on this morning dissecting what we think. You know, we're gonna hear more and more throughout the the, the days coming Thursday. The, week four starts tomorrow night. That's gonna be a focus on the Jags and and Bengals game. It's gonna be talked about yeah. halftime. They're gonna discuss Brady Real like quick, that's Bengals, Bengals come Bengals. We talked about wins and losses before the show. Me that that's what means everything. Bengals come out of this game three and one. That's all I'm saying. And and could be a top like depending on how you look at it like they could be a top ten top team in the league I mean just based off of that and who would who would have thought especially with some victories over who they have but 
I mean, that's like, this is the stature of it is like, even on Sunday, this is a Sunday night game. So your favorite team, that's going to be the halftime discussion while you're watching your favorite team play football come halftime. They're going to be talking about Brady and, and tonight's we, game and Sunday night never, and looking yeah, forward to it. We haven't seen, seen something seen, like this. Even Brett Favre returning to Lambeau wasn't the same because he was angry and he went to a division foe, which makes it like he was playing in Minnesota. And, and so that makes it worse at that point. And they had too. Aaron Rodgers backing him up. Like these, these things factor in. Like it's not like New England didn't skip a beat last year. Like these things all factor in. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, it's, and it's Favre literally even far was one Super Bowl. Yeah. Like he didn't give the glory. Like, yes, he, he put up the stats and, you know, but he didn't have the glory and he wasn't glorified like, Tom Brady was like Green Bay had Let's a right. had a history of being great also so like they didn't praise all their greats like that Brady didn't just win six he went to nine <laughs> like and, and multiple I, like it's, it's crazy nine yeah. AFC appearance nine AFC championship victories nine Super Bowl appearances seven seven Super Bowl, he won six in New England seven time Super Bowl champ but six in New England like this is everything he gave. In mm-hmm. football, we never thought we'd see somebody as decorated as Tom Brady, mm-hmm. which is why, like, you he would comes say, like, back in an MVP candidate. Literally, <laughs> like, looks like an MVP, top three in the MVP right now. If you ask me, he, he would he was my preseason MVP prediction. But you know, even in the Rams' loss, throws for over four hundred yards at a touchdown. So he pats on to to the argument of MVP stats. But and we'll Belichick. move on. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. No, no go I ahead. I was gonna say, like, I just want to get like. Belichick is the other side of this. Like and and, ex- and like you said, like this is the matchup. Like, and everybody wants to know, like, are they I want to be in both of their minds. And it's not because I don't want to know the X's and O's. I don't want to get deep into how much they think about a football game. I just want to hear when Bill Belichick hears Tom Brady's name throughout this week, how does he feel? Like Bill Belichick is preparing, he is prepping to play Tom Brady. Like so in, in practice, theory- he has to think about Brady. All week in Brady, they yeah. know the ins and outs of each other. Like they know their biggest strengths. They know their biggest weaknesses. They know everything. And th- these two are literally yeah. preparing to play against each other. in something that we never thought we would see happen. And one, and one team has Mac Jones. That's, that's all I'm going to say. So there's, you know, this could be a lopsided game. But I want to move on. And I want to talk about your power rankings, Jeff. Oh, and here's why. Here, first off, you released your newest power rankings. But second off, there's a lot of negativity going around your college playoff rankings. Fans of my show and things like that. So I wanted to give you, first off, discuss it and talk about because these pa- playoff rankings could be very well impacted this week based on college football. And we will talk about yeah. that in a minute. But I wanted to, you to come on here and just explain why certain teams you have are certain places. So here we go. We'll just talk about his playoff rankings right now. I'll read them off to you for the listeners. You got Alabama 1, Georgia 2, Oregon 3, Iowa 4, Oklahoma 5, Penn State 6, Notre Dame 7, Cincinnati at number 8. Give me a second. Give me a second. Cincinnati at number 8. Ole Miss at number 9. Florida at 10. Michigan at 11. BYU at 12, Arkansas 13, Coastal Carolina 14. Just to note, he is a big-time Ohio State fan, and he has them at 15. Oklahoma State at 16. I had to throw that out there just for the simple fact. I didn't want anybody to think there was some bias here because we both are some big-time Ohio State fans, and he has them 
at number 15. So, Jeff, with that, it just explain to me what has been, since you've put them out, what has been your biggest kickback this week on your playoff rankings since they released yesterday, if I'm not mistaken? Well, see, it's, this is what happens, and it's as the season goes goes on, this is always the general kickback. They see a team play really good, and they're like, they should be higher. They should be higher. They should be higher. I understand what you're saying, but here's what we can't do. I cannot put – I cannot have – see, let me just describe my playoff rankings real quick for everybody that's listening um, just, just to sum it up. These are like – think of them as a playoff projection. This is like a realistic how I think the playoffs could wind up. So I factor in how good a team is. I factor in their schedule because in college football – you know, your losses is everything. Your wins mean nothing. It's all about your losses. So you got to factor in your schedule. So like how likely are you, how many games are you likely to lose? You got to factor in your opponents. So I try to do that. Like for instance, Alabama and Georgia forever, I separated because they're eventually going to play if they're going to get there. But they've played so well that I just couldn't stop it anymore. I think Georgia and Alabama have both earned, earned a loss. So these are the things I'm talking about. These are not like my top 16 teams, you know, how, how good they are regardless of schedule. That's what the AP does. That's what the coaches pool does, even though I do factor them in because the sad thing is we still factor them in when it comes late in the season. So it's so when everybody know this is what I, how I think the playoff rankings shake out. For instance, I have Iowa at four because here's why. They don't play Ohio State in the regular season. They've got a nice win over Iowa State. They're a good team. And essentially what helps is if you go undefeated, you make the playoffs. And that's the position Iowa has put themselves in just to give everybody a thought on it. So, yeah, of course, the kickback is, you know, we should have it's always the SEC teams. And I don't argue the SEC has looked pretty good this year. Uh, Big 12 has really done some damage to itself with Iowa State losing, you know, a couple games. They're obviously off the chart. I was way high on them going into the season. The ACC looks is just dreadful. Um, you know, everybody thought North Carolina and Clemson, you know, are are possibly playoff teams. They're not even in the top 16 right now. So these things factor into it. So that's the biggest thing is like, well, Ole Miss. I'm like, well, they'll earn their way up. If the AP and coaches would have had Ole Miss in the top 20 starting the season, I would have jumped them up quickly. But I can't put them at eight. In the in the coaches poll has them at twenty because that's just not realistic. But now that everybody's caught on, we've all seen them play. You know they've moved up. I so this week in particular is Oklahoma. So everybody sees Oklahoma struggle against West Virginia. West Virginia was the better team in every facet except they didn't win the game. Oklahoma's still undefeated. I, I dropped them to five, but the fact of the matter is, if Oklahoma goes undefeated it's going to be really, really, really tough for them to keep them out of the playoffs. So that's my biggest kickback. Oklahoma looks terrible. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm watching them too. But if the AP and coaches poll still think they're, you know, a top five or top four team, they've got a, their schedule's getting easier as we watch the Big 12 show some weakness. There's nothing I can do about it. Oklahoma is still in a really good position to make the playoffs, regardless of how I think they look on the field. Do I think Oklahoma? I think tomorrow, if they play, Ole Miss beats Oklahoma by 21. I believe that in my heart. That doesn't matter. I don't get to see the playoffs. So the biggest kickback this week was Oklahoma. The fact of the matter is, the the AP and coaches love them. Uh, there's nothing I can do. I get some about you know Michigan State's not in there. You know 
are, you know, some of our guys even think so. I'm like, I'm sorry, but they, they, they get their chance. They will get a chance to play Michigan. They will get a chance to play Penn state. They get a chance to play Ohio state and prove and prove their worth. As of right now, they're, I call, I call it the waiting room. They're probably 17, 18, 19 to get in. So, um, you know, that's kind of how it breaks down. Just to give everybody like a, a round table thought process in my head of how, how I come up with this, this stuff. And it's not easy. Believe me. Yeah. First off, we know, I know how hard you work on them, but I just wanted to at least, you know, I'll, because we're going to, we're about to talk about them even more, but I wanted you to be able to explain so that when people are asking me, like there's a reference point, not only just hey go listen to his show, but go listen to mine. He explains slightly, you know, he gives a, just an in-depth on how he breaks it down. And then you can hear the rest of the breakdowns, you know, as, as he talks about it on his show, obviously a great way to reference you back, reference people back over to your show hey, who are listening that. to mine too. So, um, cause you know, I faithfully watch your power rankings, your, your, your NFL power rankings, your playoff rankings, your Buckeye remix, any other time. And when I, when you could grace up in flames with your presence <laughs> is always a great time. So speaking of your playoff rankings, there's some huge games. This that is have a, huge implications huge. on your mindset. Like you are spending, in my opinion, you are spending Friday and Saturday watching these games closely. And I say Friday because I value the Iowa Maryland game as a huge game that has huge implications on your playoff rankings. And here's why I say that because if you were at, to ask me today, Iowa is on upset alert. We talk about teams who have, so that's to me, we'll start with Friday night. That is one of the biggest games of the week because that determines a lot of how people are going to continue to look at the Big Ten. If Iowa pulls it out, ranked number five in the AP poll, all is all's well, ends well as far as, you know, hey, the Big Ten's still good. Ohio State still has a mm -hmm. tough path to get to the playoffs if they want to do it. Because that's how people look at the Big Ten. How tough is it for Ohio State to get to the playoffs? Uh, Iowa dropped to Maryland, and, and that's and a Ohio great State that's Plays a great Maryland point. next week. Yep. Like that's the value. That's the true value of the Big Ten is how tough is it going to be for Ohio State to reach the playoffs? And yep. so, if Iowa drops this game, then the Big Ten looks takes a, takes a notch. And then we'll get into another game that's going to be real prominent on Big Ten football, uh, and that's Penn State, the other top four team or the other top team, uh, Penn State. That's going to not only have your impact on the playoff rankings, but like I said, it's going to impact how difficult or how easy it is or how realistic it is for Ohio State to have a, a possibility of sneaking into the playoffs after taking a loss to Oregon, and that's how the rest of the world. So what do you think about Iowa-Maryland? No, and it's funny that you picked it up, man. You when we were talking about the games, I had Iowa, I had Iowa, Maryland in my number six game to watch. They just out of my top five to watch, but for every reason you just said, um, you know. Vegas has Iowa at minus three, which means they know something. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. Maryland, Maryland's played really good defense this year. They're they're very well coached team. Uh, you know, I don't pretend to watch all the mm -hmm. Iowa game film. Um, I thought they've I thought they've looked great this year when they played. They showed some uh, you know chinks in the armor last week, but um, overall I thought they've looked really good, especially against Iowa State. But then when I see Iowa State lose, like I alluded to earlier, I'm like, okay, I need to go back and watch. Unfortunately. I just don't have 80 hours in a week to watch all this game film, but I do know that Maryland is a solid opponent because I've, I've looked at them on the high state schedule for a while now. And everybody's like, Oh, they don't have a game for till Penn state. And I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. And this is what we, we will not go down this road, but this is what me and you have alluded to about the sec forever. 
if their teams are decent, everybody's like SEC team, they're good. But when it's Maryland, it doesn't work that way, even though Maryland is a quality opponent coming up for both. I'll just I'll just put this in perspective real quick. And I'll say this is a familiar situation because guess what? People are looking at Florida and Kentucky as if this is a, has implications on the SEC yeah. because Kentucky's undefeated. But like Maryland doesn't get the same benefit of the doubt. Exactly. Playing number five, Iowa being undefeated because of location yep. in the country and not be considered an SEC team. Yep. Had Maryland been in the Southeastern Conference and been 4-0 playing number five, Iowa, this would – oh, my God, this is Iowa's Mo, toughest opponent they'll see all season. Mo, That's if, the kind of bias that there is. If Maryland was still in the ACC, they would be one of the best teams in the ACC. That, that this they probably just, would be the best team at this they, point. I mean, I don't point, think – At this point, yeah. with the same schedule. So, uh, yeah, I had that circle. That's a huge game. So, what Iowa needs to do here – is handle Maryland. It doesn't have to – Iowa. see, here's the thing about Iowa. They're never – they don't have to blow teams out because they get labeled as defensive, tough, blah, 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 blah. It's been that way for years. It's unfair. It doesn't matter. So all they have That's to do – That's what they are, though. Yeah, they are. But, you know, Ohio State wins – Ohio State wins by 20, but they give up 20 – it's not the same as if Iowa wins by 20, but they only score 30. That's just the way it is. So Iowa just needs to – they really need to handle Maryland. They need to not leave them in the game. It doesn't need to go down to overtime or anything like that to move on because just like you said, if if they do, now we've opened up the discussion for how good is Iowa and they're going to drop like a rock because they don't have Ohio State until possibly the Big Ten Championship game. So I think that's a, I think that's a great pick. And but I I I believe Iowa wins convincingly. Yeah, I actually think I think I feel a little different. I look at Iowa. I've watched Iowa. I watched them play against Iowa State. I watched a little bit of the Colorado State game uh, last week, especially with Ohio mm-hmm. State having a night game. It, you you know, it was able to focus on some of the other things. And I I don't enjoy necessarily watching Big Ten, but I like to see like what do we have to look forward to in the future? What does Ohio mm-hmm. State have to do to beat this team? Like you know, it's possibility. That we see Iowa in the Big Ten championship, it's pot, you know we do see Penn State. So like, what do we have to do to beat this team? What's this team's strength and weaknesses? And I think the problem with Iowa is they don't score points. They put up twenty eight against Colorado yep. State. The most they've put up was thirty four. That was against Indiana. And on top of that, to put that, that was two defensive touchdowns were scored, and they put up yep. thirty four points. Their quarterback doesn't average two hundred yards passing per game. Their running back doesn't average 100 yards per game. Their quarterback has four touchdowns on the season, so he averages a touchdown a game. Their running back has five, so he averages a touchdown a game essentially with a, you know, in a, if it was fantasy, a good game with two, t- he gave me two touchdowns one game. That's, that's offensively. You look at Maryland. I know I was built on defense, but you look at Maryland and, uh, t- I can't say his full name, but Tagaval, Tua's little brother, Tagavaloa, he, um, He's over there with 1,300 yards, uh, double great. digits of touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, one interception. They're, they wide receiver, his uh, yards on the season, their number one wide receiver has doubled the number one wide receiver on Iowa's. Like, when you look offensively, and this is an offensive game, and it's not like Maryland has put up 60 yet or anything crazy, but, like, their offense looks really good. Iowa's doesn't. Iowa's defense looks really good, but not once has their offense. They put up third. They both played the common opponent, Kent State. Granted, Iowa, I mean, uh, Iowa put up 30. I think Maryland put up almost 40. So it's fairly close as far as what they did. But the, the common opponent and the fact that the matter is that, like, Iowa couldn't even blow out. Being a top five team didn't blow out Kent State the way you would want them to. 
So you look at it and like, we'll get into another game because I talk about recipes and how to beat teams and certain teams have that. I think Maryland has the recipe because here's the thing. If Mar- if Iowa's defense doesn't show up, Maryland takes off with this game. Like it's pro- it becomes like a upset where like they win by two touchdowns because Maryland has the offensive ability to do that. If Iowa's defense shows up, but their offense, like if their defense shows up and Maryland's doesn't, Maryland at some point late in the game could still have a shot at winning the game. They could still be within a possession or two. And when I say two, I mean like 10 points. I mean like a touchdown in a field goal with about seven or eight minutes left with the ball in their hands. So, hey, score quickly, make some decisions and figure it out. You have a chance of winning this game. I think that could be the turnout with Iowa's defense showing up and Maryland's offense being stopped. I still think they could have an opportunity of winning this game. So I think that's the impact here. And I look at it from an Ohio State standpoint. <laughs> if Maryland wins this game, Ohio State has a ranked opponent next week. Like Ohio State will be playing a ranked a five and zero Maryland with the top five win will be ranked. Would they be ranked any higher than 22, 23? No. But now Ohio State will be playing their second ranked opponent of the season in Maryland. An unforeseen one. And of course, we won't get the credit because it is Maryland. And yeah, they beat Iowa, but Iowa's not as good as everybody thought. That's, you know, that's the beatdown of, of the Big Ten, and that's what happens. But that's a possibility. So that's a big game. And I mean, that starts Friday. Like to me, that's what we're looking at. Friday is is not even a regular day. Like this is prime time, must see for the country. And that impacts your yeah. playoff rankings and your thought process already, depending on the final result. You don't even get to go to sleep Friday and think about Saturday without already having to possibly adjust your playoff rankings if you know Maryland ends up winning this game. Oh, it's awesome. Your playoff rankings are shook. Your mentality is already shook. You haven't even seen another big-time game. Another game will start – I mean, there's, there's a lot of big games. We won't go into a lot of detail on all of them, but this one is probably the second biggest game, in my opinion. And it's out of the SEC. I think the two biggest games are in the SEC, with the yeah. third one being right there also. There's a third one right there that could have implications and give up somebody's playoff chances. But Arkansas and Georgia, I yeah. mean, is Arkansas for real up to this point? They beat Texas A&M, uh, and they, they turn around and they have to play Georgia. Georgia looks like the second best team. They're number two in your playoff rankings. They look like the second best team in the country. Maybe it's by default because a lot of teams have disappointed us. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're number two. Arkansas has a chance of shaking this up and winning this game. And now, like, is it's the question. Arkansas probably has the biggest win up to this point, unless another game shakes out a- another way. But Arkansas will have the biggest win out of any team in the country oh, yeah. up to this point if they beat Georgia. But now they're jumping from, like, in the AP poll that you looked at as number eight. I mean, essentially, you're talking about possibly moving a team from number eight to number two. Like, you're essentially possibly talking about labeling Arkansas as the second-best team. They beat Georgia. Like, there, there's a possibility that that happens. What's, what's your thoughts on Arkansas and Georgia and how big this is? No, I love it. And what I love about this game is it's unsuspected. Arkansas has earned it. This isn't a this isn't an ESPN-contrived, you know, rankings game to where we blow it out of proportion. And then this is Arkansas has looked the part for four weeks now Georgia the last two weeks has really come on strong what I see in this game and finally like you know because I had Georgia because once again I you know I tell people I don't like to rank these teams are going to play each other like next to each other but finally Georgia in the last couple weeks I'm like I can't withstand it anymore like watching all these other watching all these other games this Georgia defense is for real Arkansas is not 
it's it's hard to say they're not explosive on offense because they're a big play offense, but a lot of that comes out of the running game. And George's front seven is as good as it's not it's not like all time good, even though it's really awesome. But it's as good as like you can see in modern college football as far as having veterans, as far as having the right guy in each position across, you know, across that front seven. And so I just simply think that matchup wise, they're better than Arkansas. Those big runs that, you know, the Razorbacks have been getting over the, you know, the last few weeks. I think Georgia wins a game, even though I think Arkansas is an excellent team. Um, I think they're they deserve to be where they're at. I don't really think that I'm going to drop them a lot if they lose to Georgia. But here's what we know about Georgia. This is this weird team, and they've done this for, I don't know, five, six years now. They can take a weird ankle sprain, (laughs) a weird knee sprain on the offense and completely shut down and not be able to score. We look at at Clemson now and what we think of them on offense, and then we realize that, you know, Georgia only beat them by, like, a freak touchdown. And it, it starts bringing it up in your head like th- they are vulnerable. And so, like, this is a game to where in the first quarter, you know, a, a guy steps the wrong way, a guy trips the wrong way, a bad call, one of these weird targeting, you know, things mm-hmm. like that to where Arkansas can be in this game. And Arkansas clearly has zero GAFs. Like, clearly, they do not care yeah. who they play or when they play them. They're ready to go. They're well coached. So that can turn this on a dime. I don't think that you – Georgia's at the level of Alabama to where they can regroup and withstand these charges. So I can totally see Arkansas having a chance, but I, I thoroughly believe that if it's even no, you know, freak accidents or anything, I think uh, Georgia's front seven just determines this game and the, and they've been playing much better on offense. Um, I, I, I think the, I think the uh, Georgia dogs take this one. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, this is one of those, like, is is Georgia for real? Is Arkansas for real? Like, there's a lot of implications. Um, and I think they're game. both for real. I think they're both. Yeah. For real. And and I think Arkansas could scare them. Uh, I just I don't. It's tough to say that Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas goes from their their opponents is Texas A&M to Georgia to Ole Miss. Like that is their next. That was their three week span. That's tough. Like they could come out of that. And I think they play LSU. Uh, after that, like they could come out of the next three weeks, zero and three. Like they right. could, and, and and right back to reality kind of thing. And, even and though you think a, they're and for still real, be a good team, and still be a yeah. Good team. It's just it's just that kind of matchup, and and there's some this year, rightfully so. The SEC is really good in football. Like the yeah. SEC is hands down the best division in football this year, the and they're really half, good. The top the top half is playing really well, and, and but the Big Ten has a high stake that that's flying under the radar as far as how good the Big Ten is. It just depends on what type of brand of football. That's it. It just just depends. But we'll move on because this is a game that Jeff, you and me talked about preseason. We've talked about every week. And we said this game matters because one of these teams' playoff hopes ends Saturday. It ends Saturday no matter what. And it is the Cincinnati-Notre Dame game. The loser of that game's playoff hopes is over. There will be nothing. There will be no circumstance. I'll promise everybody. I'm making a promise. There will no back, no way a t- back door. The loser of this game's playoff hopes are done. So essentially, you could still you could drop them to number nine because they played a big time. Team. You do whatever you want. You can have them. You can have them unranked at that point because it's the they're gonna be irrelevant. You could matter. do if Cincinnati wins this game, they're gonna get all the love. If Notre Dame get, gets wins this game, they're gonna get all the love. But you're 
slowly going to fade away against Cincinnati. They could be one loss conference champs and nobody cares. And we're going to watch Notre Dame and they could be 11 and one and have all the arguments where we did lose to Cincinnati who was undefeated and this and that they're done. There is no conference championship for Notre Dame. They should have permanently joined the ACC so they could at least be one loss conference champs and have that argument. Like we saw last year, had they have done that, you know, uh, there would have been an opportunity. Now, granted, they still got in, but I'm saying like, had they have done this permanently, that'd be something we would probably normally see, especially this year. They'd be probably the best team out of the ACC, regardless because of the failures of uh, Clemson. But your thoughts on that game, like, like, because I know you and I know the minute Cincinnati or Notre Dame, the loser, they're gone. Like, you're not yes. going to see their name for 16, probably for the rest of the year. I, it's just because we feel the same way. Like, your playoff chances are fried, not because you have one loss to say, well, how would Arkansas mm-hmm. still have a chance? How would Ohio State still have a chance? Because this game and this matchup means the world. This is the national yeah. championship for both of these teams right now because neither one of them have a z- 0% chance of even competing for one if they lose this game. So what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I totally agree, man. You said it best. That was fun. That was fun. To, it, usually I get, I have to listen to you in the morning on my way to work. So it was nice to hear it live, but you're, you're totally right. And this is what these rankings are all about. Now I will say that Notre Dame, their, their schedule's not too bad. They'll have some decent victories. If they lose this game, they're not dead, but they're damn near dead. Cincinnati's out of it. This is the game, yeah. especially with Indiana not being Indiana's, that good. Okay, so Indiana's as good as I thought they would be. Their record's just not what people thought they would be. I just want to be clear. Like, Indiana's a good football team that has losses. But the college voters and all that, they do not care about wins. <laughs> they care about losses. Indiana has losses. There's You can't get around it. So Cincinnati, Cincinnati is exactly the team that I thought they would be. Notre Dame's a really good team, and, and it – it's this quandary that they bring up every year. And we talked about scoring. It's the same situation that I was in. When they go into the fourth quarter last week, Notre Dame's up three on Wisconsin, who I don't think people think are a great Wisconsin team right now. By uh-huh. the end of the game, it looks great. They get the two defensive touchdowns. It's, they're rocking and rolling. Kelly's getting the Gatorade bath for the record, all that. They deserve it because they do have a well-coached team. They got a plan. Cone has been better than I thought he could be. He's, you know, he's obviously clearly better than what he left in Wisconsin, which is a whole different conversation for last week. But that being said, they can be got. Uh, you know, they they do struggle. They 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 Cone really likes to throw the long passes to the sidelines, which can end up in turnovers, which Cincinnati loves. I think Notre Dame wins this game just out of physicality. I think they have a more physical defense. Um, you know, uh Hamilton is better than anybody that Cincinnati will play ever, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So, but this is another game, though. Um, it, it hasn't been talked about because we don't do this like we do in the NFL. Uh, Jack Cohn, you know, got his ankle turned up, you know, towards the end of the, you know, last week's game versus Wisconsin. We haven't heard he anything may not about play. it. That's a whole different ball game. So now we, we're going to get out of backup quarterback. And Cone has really kept this thing together. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, you know, I don't know if they survived. I think it's just that Notre Dame just they just just like Iowa, they live on that. They walk that line, you know, like they don't, they just they can't score quite enough to get past it. As to where an Ole Miss or an Ohio State or even an Alabama, 
can sometimes just score enough points to get through a tough game. I don't know if Notre Dame can do that. So if Cone doesn't play, it's a whole different ball game. Yes, you're exactly right. This is a I'll just say it's a must-win game. I'll worry about Notre Dame in a few weeks to where if they can climb back into the polls. Cincinnati loses, you know, they can still have a great season, but there's zero chance they make the college football playoffs if they lose this game. Yeah, part of me wants to see Cincinnati win this game. I just want to see how this pans out. How 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 will they be respected? How will if they are undefeated conference champs, having to beat Notre Dame and Indiana? I know it won't be the greatest win, but having beat those teams and be undefeated, like is this the year? There's a lot of parity. There's a lot of wide openness. Is this the year that a team like Cincinnati we see them be able to compete for a national championship? Whether you lo- whether we love it, we hate it. Is this possible that if there was going to be a year, we said it would have to be a crazy year? And I don't, I don't think it's hit that level of crazy yet, but I think based on overreactions of fans, people are already counting Oklahoma out with uh, two losses on their schedule and they're undefeated right now. But people playing on no way Oklahoma keeps playing like this and stays undefeated, uh, which means you're valuing the Big 12 a little too much because, like, yeah, Oklahoma looks bad to me, but is there a Big 12 team that I can see beating Oklahoma? Not Really, like I think West Virginia was probably the highest chance. Maybe Baylor, Oklahoma State, which that's another game that has some implications because those are two undefeated teams out of the Big 12. Won't really get into that, though, because those are at the back. And I want to talk about – Number four I'll on talk, my list, by the way. Oklahoma State, Baylor, number four on my list. That's not, oh, so that is that – is, see, so we do value these games, and we're looking at essentially the same eye because I'm like, those are two undefeated teams if, in the Big 12 that could – Challenge Oklahoma, not only challenge Oklahoma, but what if they finish as undefeated Big 12 champs? Is there an argument there? If you're in a Power 5 conference and you go undefeated, you have a chance. That that's all I'm saying. So Oklahoma State, Baylor, undefeated. One of these teams is going to challenge Oklahoma. So that is a somebody's going to lose. Whoever somebody's going to come out of this game five and zero. That that's that that's the important thing. So that that was number four on my like. Just keep an eye on. Just keep an eye on that game. So I want to move to the game of the day. Uh, obviously, obviously, we know what the game of the day is. We'll talk about it here in a second. But we're not talking about our game of the day. We're talking about the country's game of the day. And that's Ole Miss and Alabama. Ooh. This literally has to – because here's what I do know. I know you've had Alabama number one. You know, I want to make this – forget the country necessarily. But the country's involved too. But I know you've had Alabama number one. Alabama has been the one consistent team on your playoff rankings every week. So you value Alabama like the rest of the country values Alabama. Yes. Up to this point, they're the best team in the country. How much better you think they are than everybody is up for discussion. But yeah. you agree with the rest of the world. That's one thing that Jeff and the world agrees on, and probably everybody else <laughs> who watches college thing. football, is that Alabama is the best team in the country. And that we hate but running backs. Me and the rest it, of the world hate it, running backs. Yeah, I'm starting to realize that yeah, everybody hates running backs. I think I'm pretty mild. I'm starting to see the light on you guys, but I'm still mild in the game. Like I don't I just still don't hate them. I still love them a little bit more than y'all. But if I want to put this in perspective first because this is the biggest thing. If Ole Miss beats Alabama, that shakes up everything because essentially Ole Miss would have the strongest win in the country, just like we yeah. talked about if Arkansas beat Georgia. If we were talking about Arkansas beat Georgia, but Ole Miss doesn't beat Alabama, Arkansas is the strongest win in the country. You're talking about Ole Miss, who would have the strongest win in the country, being the backside of the top 10. Assuming if, ass, assuming 
Bryce Young doesn't get hurt because that will that screws things up. Like if we're being honest, like that's what. Well, yeah, because up is that a team gets a a buy. You yeah, know, it gets a break. Tonga, that happened with Alabama and Tongue of Aloha a few years ago. So I just want to put that out there because that really screws everything up if you take a loss. But you and Saban's not scared to like let's say let's say not not to jump in on you here, Mo, but let's just put this out there. Alabama's down ten in the second quarter. Young may young young's ankle maybe tweaked. I'm I'm just putting that out there. Like he may not battle through an injury like he would have naturally. That's all. I'm it's saying. a it's science to it's science to being great. It's science to greatness. There's yes. thought processes to greatness, and and obviously the greatest of the greats know how to get it done. And so I follow what you're saying, and people, uh, but it happens. Trust and believe. If Saban thinks he's going to take a loss, it's not. It's not dirty, but to say that, hey, like you know, Bryce Young's ankle's a little hurt. I don't want him to play through it because yep. in the second half, there's always going to be that possibility. Had Bryce Young not got hurt, Alabama gets it together and wins that game. Yep. And so they they still continue to value Alabama. But if Ole Miss wins this game, is Ole Miss like and and Georgia struggles with Arkansas? Like, because here's the thing: if Georgia takes care of business, it just blows Arkansas out. Georgia, by default, even if Ole Miss wins this game, Georgia's going to go number one because it's not like they played a weak opponent. At least in the country's eyes, it's not like they played a weak opponent to where you're like, oh no, they can't make that jump to number one. But if Ole Miss beats Alabama, like the way you looked at Alabama, the way everybody looks at Alabama, yep. like Ole Miss has to be considered the best team in the country at this point, that's right? That's like and- I hate to say it because Walker no, no. Bailey, our guy Walker, is going to be. No, but- a nuisance if, if that if, happens, but if, that's the case, right? If if Ole Miss comes into the season ranked ten, okay, let, let's switch places here. Let's switch places. Let's let, let's have some fun here. If you switch places at the preseason, you switch Ole Miss with the Miami Hurricanes, the way everybody thought about the Miami Hurricanes at like thirteen or fourteen coming into the season, and Miami at that rank had played like Ole Miss has so far, they would be six in the country fifth in the country, seventh, and then they would be playing Alabama, and then Old Miss knocks off Alabama, they would absolutely jump to, like, two. You know, and, and the only reason they can't jump Georgia is just because of the rankings. There's no other reason for it. Whoever beats this Alabama team, I can't – I cannot think of a scenario to where you can beat Alabama right now and not get full credit. I, I, I don't I don't know what it would be outside of, like – their top two quarterbacks and Nick Saban, um, you know, got lost at sea. That that's it. I, I really don't have a way that Ole Miss can come out of. I don't care if it's a one point, freakish last second victory. Ole Miss has the best win in the last two years in college football, and they're already up. You know, towards the top ten. You know, the only reason they won't jump Georgia is because voters are just scared to do that. I probably will not be scared to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that serious. And obviously, if Bama wins this game, like, there's not really much fun to talk about the Bama side and if they win this game because we know, like, they'll stay number one. That's just what happens. And, what like, Ole Miss still could be competitive, but they are on the same side. So, it's like they will ne- they won't compete for the SEC championship unless Bama flops after that. But it'll just be what New Year's Six Bowl, essentially, does, does Ole Miss get in for that simple fact. And it's unfortunate because – they could lose a close game and look like, man, we look like we might have just watched the two best teams in the country play each other. But unfortunately, if Ole Miss loses, like there's a lot of things that that okay, they're not really taken serious. 
uh, for the rest of the season. They need a lot to happen for, for another, Alabama's end. Another thing that can happen too is I think everybody's likes Ole Miss right now. I don't think they're an under-the-radar team. So if Alabama has another dominant victory like they tend to do, then all of a sudden Alabama has put themselves untouchable. And yeah. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't disagree. I mean, because we see a lot of flaws in a lot of teams. And like, I see a flaw in Bama, but everybody else doesn't. They don't defend the big plays real well. Uh, I remember a team who was very dominant in all aspects, but gave up big plays. Sound real familiar to you, Jeff? Because I, w- I went through a whole season of that being probably one of the most yeah. dominant teams in college football, but we gave up the big plays. And eventually we played a team who really is almost just as good as us, capitalizes on big plays. Boom, we lost in the college football playoff semifinal against uh, Trevor Lawrence and them two years ago. Like that, because we did everything right. We gave up big plays. We finally met a team who's almost as talented as us, capitalizes on big plays. And look what happened. Like we lost that game. That's the recipe to beat Alabama. I just, I saw it against Florida, against Emory Jones that everybody doesn't love. Exactly. Everybody doesn't love Jones. Everybody feels like they're Anthony Richardson is the, should be the starting quarterback. they're, They're within a bad, it was a bad play call. Of a tie game, yeah, and I'm yeah, like they, you, going into this, overtime and anything and, happens twenty five yards, anything happens. And for this me. Ole Miss team can score. We saw it with Alabama as like as bad as Alabama beat Ohio State in the national championship last year. Ohio State still wasn't buried in the first half just because they could simply just score, and Ole yeah. Miss can score like at a astronomical rate. I mean, it's a absurd rate. And I mean, they, these are the two best quarterbacks in college football right now that we're going to be watching, and this could be a shootout. Everybody talked about. And I don't. It's crazy think it's because that close. I don't think Bryce Young is that close to Matt Matt Carl. Uh it's it's tough. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's really as close. Like I think if Matt Corral is the quarterback at Alabama, Alabama's light years ahead of everybody. That's what I'm getting at. Um, and especially Corral has been there, done that. Young's a, a you know, he's a freshman. Essentially, red shirt freshman, but he's a true freshman because of the year they got the extra year eligibility or whatever. Um, but we know this is a big time game. There's a couple more. I don't want to spend a lot of time, but I want to acknowledge that they do have some implications. Uh, I'll go through the list and let you touch on on how you feel okay. about them. We talked about Baylor and Oklahoma State. Uh, I do think Indiana and Penn State has implications, and it's only if Penn State loses that game. Uh, obviously, like I think if Penn State gets upset. Against Indiana once again, I'm looking at Indiana being playing, you know, the upset team and how everybody looks at the Big Ten from here on out. Yeah, and I'm not saying I, th- I think it's possible. Like, it's, I, it's very just a possibility. Indiana's um, not, a, not a high scoring team. In Indi- or yeah, Penn State's not a high scoring team. Indiana, if Penix is, you know, got things rolling, everything's going good. They can at, they can absolutely play with Penn State. Yeah, and then I'm looking at. Obviously, we'll talk about us here in a second to close it out. Um. Oh, geez. I'm looking at Oklahoma and Kansas State. Kansas State is three and one. Oklahoma's been on upset alert here. And I'm looking, I mean, look, how does Spencer Rattler respond? He got booed off the stage, essentially. They wanted him out. Boomer Sooner Nation wants Spencer Rattler out. So how does he respond to that? It's it's, you know, you've been this uber successful guy, top, you know, nobody's you've been the greatest thing smoking since you've been playing. And now, like, all of a sudden, like, people are calling for your job. Like, essentially, people want to see that freshman quarterback who's supposed to be the most dynamic thing, you know, since, I don't know, since Vic 
he has graced us in, in college football or something. Like, I don't know, but they're in love with him. He could do it with his arm and his leg. I mean, people talk about, like, people have talked about him, like, if you put Tom Brady as a quarterback in Lamar Jackson's body, like, that's what he gets wow. talked about as being dynamic. So it's like some some certain superstitious superstars have gone under the radar because, like, Quinn Ewers has joined Ohio State. But, I mean, people talk about him as if he's Tom Brady in Lamar Jackson's body. So – like, how does he handle this? And Kansas State is a feasible team. Like, Oklahoma, in any other year, Oklahoma's favored by 20-plus. They're only favored by 10 and a half. That ma- I look at these lines now, and I pay attention to it now more than ever. That matters. That means, like, that's an upset alert line. Somebody uh, we only, somebody's, yep, abs- you're absolutely We don't see somebody. you being 10, two scores better, at least, like 14 and a half. So we don't see you being two scores better. I think that matters. I think Oregon and Stanford is another one. And I... Look, I, I see Oregon about that one. I, I, I see Oregon to- minus eight. Stanford has put up a lot of points. Um, I think Stanford has put up a lot of points. They, they've now granted they're two and two, so you don't love them. But I mean, they put up forty-two to twenty-eight against USC, forty-one to twenty-three against Vanderbilt. Whatever they lose thirty-five to twenty-four to UCLA, so they drop one, but they can score. They also had a seven-point dud. Like they twenty four to seven against Kansas State, so like they did have a bad performance. But I don't know if this is more like is this just the country kind of predicting that Oregon falls because the Pac twelve typically does it at some point, or is there serious like hey Stanford can really play them close because that's that's essentially how people look at any undefeated team in the Pac twelve up to this point. Oh, they'll fold sooner or later. Yeah. So is this just a, I see this as. Am I looking at this game and like, is this going to be the game? Am I, am I really putting Oregon on upset alert? Or is it just like I'm waiting for the Pac-12 to Pac-12 and Stanford beat Oregon and them have a loss? Man, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because, you know, the odds makers have been like at all year with Oregon. They see, and it's probably because, you know, I watched it so closely because of what they did to Ohio State. And I've got Oregon at third in my rankings, you know, mainly because I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 and I think they've got a nice path. And I include Stanford in that. And then I'm like, you know, I watch Stanford play and I'm like, eh, you know, they're really good. But sometimes we get just like Iowa, we get swept up in these teams that look a little, they, they, they're a relic, you know, from the past. They're like, yeah, they score, they do this, or just well coached. And when you start hearing things like that, I'm like, ah, you know what? I think I'd just rather have the guys that run really fast and we'll figure it out, which we'll get to the Buckeyes here in a minute. Uh So I think we might be caught up in that on Stanford, uh, Iowa, you know, Iowa state, you know, is the best example of that, of like smart kids know everything they're doing, but they just, they don't have that margin for error that we talked about Uh Ole Miss, Alabama and all these teams having, I think me personally, I think Oregon is much better, but there's obviously a flaw in them. And I, a lot of people think it's the quarterback, even though we didn't get to see that. That was a whole different discussion. We're past that. Um, I I think we look at Oregon different if Stroud has a great game that day is all I'm saying. So I think that Oregon is much better than Stanford. But then I thought UCLA was very good too. The next week they take a loss. So when it comes to the Pac-12, I will not lie to anybody. I, I don't wake up in the morning and watch a lot of Pac-12 after dark film. But um, something's fishy about this game. And here's here's what I'll tell you. Here's the thing, because there's been some upset losses. Stanford was able to to handle USC, and and um, uh, somebody just recently took a loss. Arizona State took a loss, and guess mm. what? 
I, I've, I've complained about this, but like we woke up and didn't talk about it because it was Pac-12 after dark. Exactly. This game is 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff time. Oregon will be on the main stage. Now, granted, they will have the benefit that people will be score watching if it's a possible upset, but people won't be paying attention because Alabama and Ole Miss will be playing at the same time. Yeah. And until that becomes a blowout, we don't care. You know, most people will not care about anything else going on around the world. Yeah. Cincinnati and Notre Dame will be closing out the end of their game. Could be a down-to-the-wire game as that as the, the Oregon and Stanford game. But Oregon is in the daytime. They're in the middle of the day at the evening wrap-up prior to the primetime games at night, which is Baylor, Oklahoma State, Indiana, Penn State, Boston College, Clemson, and Auburn, LSU. Prior to the pregames of those, we will know whether Oregon got upset or not. So there will be no waking up on Sunday focused on the NFL and, and Oregon's able to slide like like the Pac like the rest of the Pac twelve and USC. Nobody cares that USC is lost and got upset. Like yeah. we didn't even talk about it. It didn't matter. My Nobody's biggest, had to go back yeah. on their USC is the bit the I did. Hey, they're gonna my, win the, the Pac twelve. Nobody's my, had to really do that. You're right. It's not shameful. My biggest failure of the year is I came into the season with USC at number five and it just But you're it, not the only one. So many people I, I was hearing say, that bought into USC this. and nobody had to because nobody knew, like I, Utah was a big A. They could win the Pac-12. They've lost twice, and and it's yeah. they've slid by because it happens at night. Nobody so now cares. I think that's a big time, that big thing that we are going to get to again watch Oregon because Oregon played Arizona last week at night. I watched it just because I'd be up, but I didn't pay attention to it. Like it's Pac-12 dark football day's done. It's over. Kind of background noise. I'm playing the game, winding down, going to bed. But that is. The big thing is that a Pac-12 matchup, the number three team in the country is playing at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Whatever happens, they need to look great because they don't get a scapegoat and get to skate by yeah. at night where we wake up talking about for, NFL Sunday. For what it's worth, you, you go either way with it. 78% of the money is on Oregon at minus eight. Like that's, yeah, so I'm, that's heavy, which means that, that, may, that may mean Stanford's the play. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah I mean, everybody's rocking with – Everybody's rocking with Oregon, but I think I think those are the big time games. I mean, did I miss one that's on your? Uh, one more, just gotta hit it. I seen it. This might prove a little bit whether Michigan's for real or not. Yep, I understand they're playing it. Wisconsin. You just okay, answered, so answered they're question. playing Wisconsin. I get it. We don't value Wisconsin as much, but we know what kind of trench match this is when exactly. Michigan plays Wisconsin. And so anybody who knows Big Ten football knows that, like. If Michigan wins this game, I don't think it'll be a surprise, but Michigan's not favored. That's something to think about. That's a surprise. Michigan is ranked number 14. They are undefeated. Wisconsin is one and two coming off a bad loss to Notre Dame. And, and Vegas is telling me Wisconsin is the better team come Saturday. Yeah, undefeated I, Mich Vegas. That, Michigan is not impressed. Vegas. That yeah. has to matter a little bit. And so, like I said, I mean, that could shake up a lot of things because this could damage Harbaugh. Because at this point, they lose this game. You know, Michigan's not taking serious for the rest of the year. I mean, they have to be. I think they Harbaugh would be coaching. I think if if they lose this game, I think Harbaugh would be coaching for his job against Ohio State. And that's never a predicament you want to be in as a coach is in the game, the biggest rivalry in sports ever, and you're coaching for your job. Like, I think if they lose to Wisconsin – and it comes down to a Ohio State and beat Penn State, hasn't lost a game up to Michigan, and let's say Michigan hasn't lost a game either. If that's coming down to that game is who represents, we saw it prior, represents our side of the Big Ten, 
I think Harbaugh could be coaching for his job because you you lost a dud to Wisconsin. You better not lose to Ohio State because now there goes another year of not competing well, for a Big Ten championship when Miss Wolverine Nation is buying into what Michigan's selling right now. Yeah, and and I don't and I and I don't blame them. I do too. I've got them at eleven, mostly because of path. Like they have a great schedule coming up. They've got Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State. You know, if they if Michigan goes undefeated, they're one hundred percent in the playoffs, which factors in. But we talk about the other way, like you said, if they lose to Wisconsin, they have to win this game. These are the games you have, like you have to win if you're a good team. You've got an average team coming off a lot like we've seen Wisconsin they're just an average team if you're a good team in college football and I'll say this you know for high state if they're playing Wisconsin you have to win this game if you don't win this game then you're like oh okay so we're just still doing this you know you know what I mean like we're still going yeah. to the dance we're you know we're we're still going to the dance and like we're a little awkward in the corner and like you know maybe she says yes maybe she says no I don't know how it's going to go it's you're 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 still just mediocrity at this point so Michigan has to win this game for as good as they've looked for Vegas to think Wisconsin is going to win. I really, 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 really am interested in the outcome of this game because I will not watch it because it'll make my stomach turn, but I, but I, I, I may break it down later because as you know, I just, if this is not my type of football, I don't like either one of these teams, blah, 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 but this does matter a lot. And if, yeah, if Wisconsin wins, like it's 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 all they Michigan's built themselves built themselves up to have a one of those conver, awkward conversations again. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is all about Harbaugh. This is all about. Harbaugh. I think it, I think it is all about Harbaugh. And like like I said, playing against Ohio State is not that kind of pressure anyway. Year in and year out is not where I want to even feel or be talked I, about. Of if he loses coaching for my job, like that's if, that's if, if he loses this with a good Michigan State team coming up and Penn State. And I think they play Iowa. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't. I won't promise to memorize Michigan's schedule. He yeah. may not make. I'm being totally serious. He may not make it to Ohio State. That being said, if he wins this, they're on the launching pad, man. Yeah. So we talked about all the matchups that we don't care about. Now let's talk about the matchup that we do care about. <laughs> now I'm just. You know, we're big time college football fans, so uh, yeah. that's why we. But we did save the best for last. It wouldn't be, you know, me if I didn't. Um, and I know you're going to, you know, talk about this a lot. I know you talk Buckeyes all the time, so we don't have to spend the most time about it. But Ohio State played Rutgers. Rutgers yeah. is a little bit better team than everybody thought. They played Michigan close. Um, this is on the road at Rutgers. Well, let's let's put this out about Rutgers. We, we talked about this with Maryland just real quick. They're a better team than people who don't really pay attention, which I do not blame anybody for not paying attention to Rutgers. They're a better team than people assumed Rutgers would be. Uh, not They're not really a better team than college like fanatics or analysts thought they would be. They're right, right on but track. It's, and, and so it's one of those with Shiano, obviously, kind of turning mm -hmm. the program around in a sense, kind of, like you said, on schedule as far as what we saw. But yeah, like people are going to look at this matchup and it's, Ah, Ohio State's playing Rutgers like, you know, 50-point blowout, turn the game off at halftime and never look back. And I'm not saying it won't be, but I'm not saying it will be. I mean, Rutgers play Michigan close. The only difference that I look at some of these teams, especially in the Big Ten, is I look at like when you're in low-scoring games, it's about the fact that you can't score. And Ohio yeah. State, no matter what, like we can score. Uh, we still put up – I mean, and struggled 
and put up four touchdowns against Oregon, like a top team in the country. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and nobody was satisfied, and we know we left touchdowns on the field. Most of these teams in the Big Ten play their best football, and there's not really opportunities of scoring that they left on the field. Just, That's something just, to think about. I'll just ask you, Mo, could Rutgers score 28 on Oregon? I don't know. I mean, to, yeah, to, like it's to it's that to reiterate your point, it's the it's the explosion, it's the suddenness, you know. Because we you watch Ohio State and and what CJ Stroud. This is to go back to the game, but like the Oregon mm-hmm. game throws for four, over four hundred yards and left offense on the field. Like he left some touchdowns, left scoring opportunities on the field. Seven possessions. Like we could have scored. Be, yeah, we could have scored seven possessions. <laughs> we could have scored a lot of points. So I look at this game and I also look at we don't know whether CJ Stroud is playing or not. That matters. It, it, it sounds and like it matters. It sounds like it. And it, I, I'm going to be honest. For, it sounds like, like, and I'm with them because I wasn't impressed. And, and I talked to you about it. You, you weren't really impressed. Ryan Day wasn't even remotely impressed with Kyle McCord's performance against uh, Tulsa. And granted, uh, that was the best football we had played was against Tulsa. But Ryan Day was not impressed with Kyle McCord. Like, he... You know, you saw multiple times him coming on the sideline, and he's looking like, what was that when he threw that interception? Ryan Day couldn't believe what he saw. It's not that Kyle McCord played horrible, but it is the simple fact that, yeah, he was shaky, true freshman, really first time getting some minutes. And essentially, he probably thought he was playing for his probably only opportunity that he'll ever have to be a starting quarterback at Ohio State because that's kind of the the precedent that everybody's looking like. If C.J. Stroud is the guy once healthy, then he may be the guy for the next couple of years. If not, it's just Quinn Ewers' time next year. Like that's how a lot of that's how the country's looking at it. Um, is is like, hey, are we just is CJ Stroud the plug and play guy until Quinn Ewers is ready next year? Uh did, did Kyle McCord have a realistic shot? I don't think so. Like what I saw from him, I think CJ Stroud, as unhealthy as he is, gives us the same production. Uh I I mean, we dominated in all aspects, throwing the ball, running the ball. Defensively, we stepped up. Obviously, it was against Tulsa, but still, like we've no we we also came and struggled uh the week prior to a team that we shouldn't have. So, you know, I look at all – or it was against Akron. I keep saying Tulsa. Tulsa we struggled against. We played Akron last week. My apologies. So, we, he looked good against Akron. Um, but but that was the best we looked was against Akron. We looked bad against Tulsa. But I think, like, we do the same thing against Akron with C.J. Stroud not healthy. Like, I think we put up the same passing yards, the same opportunities. I don't think that changes. So, I look at this week and, like – if do you sit CJ Stroud again if he's not a hundred percent? Like, because if you're not trusting Kyle McCord or Jack Miller, I don't think CJ Stroud should play this game if he's not a hundred percent. Because from here, I have Maryland and I got Penn State. I got uh yeah, I got Michigan State. I got Michigan. Like, we're getting into the Big Ten schedule, which is why we kind of let C.J. Stroud rest against Akron, see what Kyle McCord could do. Rutgers isn't a team you fall asleep on, but Rutgers also, if I think that C.J. Stroud gives me the best chance to win, I depend on my talent everywhere else. The most talented wide receiver room in the country. Probably the most talented running back room in the country. One of the best offensive lines in the country. A defense that is getting better every week. Not as bad as everybody said each week anyway, but they're getting better every week. I think I let C.J. Stroud sit again, and I depend on my talent and my coaching of my Ryan Day taking advantage of Greg Sheehan to, to, to play and win this game because I don't risk C.J. Stroud damaging himself if I think he gives me the best chance to win 
We're about to be put on stage and play against Penn State, Indiana, Maryland. If Maryland upsets Iowa, we have a ranked opponent the next week. Yeah. Like, we're playing all these teams. We got Michigan coming up and Michigan State. Like, this is all possibility of teams we're playing that will be ranked. Big-time matchups. If C.J. Stroud gives me the best chance to win, I play Kyle McCord if C.J. Stroud is not 100%. Anything short of it, 95, 90, I don't care. Kyle McCord plays again against Rutgers, wow. and I depend on my talent and everything else because from what Ryan Day said, he doesn't think Kyle McCord gives us the best chance to be a great team. So, obviously, I think C.J. Stroud is his QB1. If Q if QB1 is not 100% against Rutgers, it's not about falling asleep on them because Kyle McCord is still a freshman five-star quarterback. I rock with him this week because I'm worried about when my schedule gets really tough and I depend that I will get the best out of Kyle McCord fully healthy then I will see James Stroud focusing on not getting hurt against Rutgers. I want a guy that's going to sling it and play to his best of his ability. And if CJ Stroud is playing it careful or we're careful play calling to make sure that we don't risk it all with CJ Stroud against Rutgers, I don't want him out there anyway. If he's anything less than 100%, if he is grabbing his shoulder in pregame warmups, I don't want to see CJ Stroud on the field because what Ryan Day has told us, it's beat around the bush and told us, but everything that's said, everything that we've seen, heard, whatever, I think the conclusion is C.J. Stroud, whether we like it or love it, gives us the best chance to win and, and be as great as this team could possibly be. So what are your thoughts on this matchup and, and the whole C.J. Stroud situation for this week? It, it, it is unique. Now, here's what I would say. I, I'm just going to trust Day on this. You know, He's the coach of the team. This is why he's the coach of the team. This is why he gets paid the money to be the coach of the team. If 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 it's a situation to where he thinks Stroud should play, even if there's sometimes a player doesn't maybe maybe a player doesn't know if he's actually like if it, if it benefits rest to wait a week, then that's fine. If it's a matter of you don't feel perfect, well, I got news for you. If you don't feel perfect, you know, going into Rutgers, you're not going to feel perfect going into Maryland, so on and so forth. So that's sometimes you got to find out. Like you're going to have to. You're either gonna have to find a way to play through whatever discomfort you're having, you know. And, and I'm trusting the team doctors. You know, we're talking OSU here. Like this guy's had this guy's probably had MRIs and scans and you know out the yin yang to make sure that we don't have another Braxton Miller situation on our hands. But if it's a matter of discomfort, well, you need to figure out whether you can play in discomfort or not. Because if you can't, we got to move on because you're. You're going to play Rutgers, and they're going to bring it. One of the best defenses in the country. Rutgers is the seventh best scoring defense in the country, which means they play it close. They play it tough. They're going to come get you. Believe me, Shiano is going to come come after him. You know if he's playing. So if you know if you can't play Rutgers, then when can you play? Situation. Um, so that that's where I would differ a little on that. I see what you're saying, but I'm like you're never going to have a hundred percent quarterback. Now, if he's really like injured and it was, that is the reason for all this Sit him as long as he needs to, to get healthy. I totally agree with that, especially with our running back room. So, you know, that's the thing on it, you know, OSU's favored by 15, which feels fine. That, that number feels fine to me. Rutgers is a classic team. They don't give up any points. They don't score a ton of points. Um, you know, they look good this year. They totally shut Michigan down in the second half, but Michigan is a almost the opposite team as Ohio State, which I'm sure that's what Harbaugh intended because that's just the type of guy he is. Yeah, I mean, I just, let's just be honest. Like, I can totally see him building an offense, this run-heavy, 
you know, two running back attack just because Ohio State doesn't do it that way. So I don't really know how Rutgers will respond to the explosiveness of Ohio State receivers, regardless of who's throwing the ball. You've got to cover their receivers, you know, at some point. Like even McCord last week, I I can't the image of that uh, you know, that route up the sideline to Jackson Smith and Jigba going, you know, for the touchdown that puts the ball in a perfect spot. Like there's not a lot of teams in the country that can guard that. And I, so I don't know if Rutgers can or can't, Um, you know, I know that they're going to be up to it. These are like complete opposite stats wise teams coming into it. So the Stroud McCord situation is weird. I thought personally McCord played a little better than day led on, but day is also one of these new England, these NFL guys. I'm, my guess is that Belichick is his hero. So I don't think you're ever going to get a true, you know, representation of what he thought of a game ever, which I'm fine with that. That's just his style. I don't think that he thought McCord played as bad as he did, but I think that he's also him and CJ are like, okay, like you see how close this is. You need to go out there and get this done. I think it's, I think, yeah. I think CJ's on the clock for Ryan Day, even though he's not going to tell that to anybody. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's definitely one of those, like, I, I just can't wait to see. I mean, no matter who we play, like, it's, it's, I love to see Ohio State play. Um, I don't really watch anything else. It kind of sucks that the, they play at 3 30 Eastern yeah. because, like, they're playing at the same time as Bama and Ole Miss. But I have a way to watch all the games at once, so I will be having about four different games on uh, with the main focus on Ohio State and Rutgers. But, Jeff, I appreciate you for coming on and doing what we do best, getting together and just talking sports with a, with a little bit of a platform. So, Jeff, before we get going here, uh, plug us in, tell us everything we have to look forward to and everything like that. I mean, just go find out Jeff Jeff Needs Sports anywhere you listen to your podcast. Obviously, more most importantly, check out OffTheBallNetwork.com um, and all, all of the members, all the podcasts, all the articles, everything that's going on. You know, I got the playoff rankings. I got the uh, NFL power rankings, which they'll be coming out later. Well, you, you, later tonight, whenever you listen to this, they'll, they'll be out. But, um, yeah, we're just having a lot of fun right now. Love football season. It's going to be a big week. And, uh, Mo, thanks for having me on, man. This is uh, one of the funnest shows in the business. Yeah, I mean, it's always great. Like, it's always like having one of the best guests in the business. So, I mean, you know, uh, people last week, everybody was listening like, man, y'all chemistry is there. It's like, yeah, we just we kind of have the same mindset, but we just genuinely it's just conversation. Like we have our notes, true pros, but it's just conversation when we get in here, essentially just back and forth, having fun. You know, you let us go for five hours. We could. Uh, that's oh, just the type of that's the type of guys well, we are, especially when it comes to college football. I, I left yeah, a lot well, on the table tonight. Easily, I could have broke down every matchup and talked about everything Bruh. and what it means for this and that for this team, that team put every scenario to you. But I know everybody's attention span is only but so long. So on that note, I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening, and on that note, up if flames is out.